Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, provided by Living Stream Ministry, and featuring the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. Witness Lee served the Lord faithfully for more than 70 years, culminating with his exhaustive commentary on the entire scriptures called Life Study of the Bible. Today, we're happy to bring you recorded excerpts from his ministry, along with some of our own considerations. At the end of the program, we'll give you the website where you can find more about the remarkable ministry of these two men. But for now, please enjoy today's program. 1 Timothy 5:17 says, Let the elders who take the lead well be counted worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in word and teaching. But then the Apostle Paul follows in verse 19, addressing how to take care of problems in a church. Against an elder, do not receive an accusation, except based upon two or three witnesses. So taking care of the administration of a local church or dealing with the elders in the church is an important issue in the New Testament that we're devoting our entire life study today from 1 Timothy 2. For those of you who are keeping track and following us day by day, this is printed message number 10 from the life study of Timothy. This is Matt Miller, and Bob Dankers joined me for this important program. Bob, thanks for coming into the studio today. It's a pleasure to be with you again, Matt. Bob, I'm going to start the program today by reading the scripture that we're covering. It's 1 Timothy 5, 17 through 25. Let the elders who take the lead well be counted worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in word and teaching. For the scripture says, You shall not muzzle an ox that is treading out the grain, and the workman is worthy of his pay. Against an elder, do not receive an accusation, except based upon two or three witnesses. The ones who sin, reprove before all, that the rest also may have fear. I solemnly charge you before God and Christ Jesus, and the chosen angels, that you keep these things without prejudice, doing nothing by way of partiality. Lay hands quickly on no man, nor participate in other sins. Keep yourself pure. No longer drink water only, but use a little wine for the sake of your stomach and your frequent illnesses. The sins of some men are openly manifest, going before to judgment, and for others they also follow after. Likewise also the good works are openly manifest, and those that are otherwise cannot be hidden. These are wonderful verses, Bob. Would you like to say anything about them before we go to Witness Lee today? Yes, Matt. I do agree with you. This is an important portion in the Scriptures because it touches the administration of the local church, and it deals with the elders in the church. And this matter of the administration of the church has been a subject of much controversy and different kinds of understanding for centuries now. How should the church be governed? How should the administration of the church be taken care of? We know from the Word of God, the government in the church is not an autocratic government. That means there's no one person who is functions like a kind of a dictator. Right. Neither is the government in the church a democracy, a democratic government, 
which depends on the will of the people. The votes. The votes uh, of, of the constituents of the church. The government of the church, we could say, is a theocracy. That means that it is actually God himself is the administrator. He's the ruler in the church. In fact, Christ is the head of the church. So uh, the government in the church has to reflect God's administration among his people, and it has to be carried out in God's way, not in man's way. Man's way may be uh, good for a human society, but not for the church. So here in this portion, we do see uh, something very crucial about the governing of a local church. God's ways are higher than man's ways. His thoughts are higher than man's thoughts. And this portion in the Word unveils the New Testament ministry and the administration of the church. And I'm looking forward to this portion. Let's go to Witness Lee now for today's life study. This message touch the dealing with the elders. To deal with the elders, that is, just to deal with the administration, the government authority of the church. And this has been a big, big debate through all the centuries. What kind of administration, what kind of government, what kind of authority there should be in the Christian church. Now, these verses are simple, yet it touches a crucial matter in Christian church. That is, the dealing with the administration. Verse 19, Against an elder do not receive an accusation. Any accusation of the elders should not be received unless there could be at least two or three witnesses. And according to Greek, this kind of accusation should be something not verbal, but something written. This is quite important, because anything verbal is not so accurate. And something accusing an elder, this is not a small thing. So this should be in writing. And then it should be witnessed by at least two or three witnesses. Now, the apostle charged Timothy not to receive any written accusation against elder without witnesses. Who is Timothy? Is Timothy a bishop over the elders? Well... Some of the epistles, and even to Acts, there are at least two or three verses which indicate the young Timothy was also one of the apostles. So, when the accusation comes to Timothy, it means the accusation comes to the apostle. Why? Because it is the apostles that appointed the elders. Uh, Brother Nee indicated, yes, the administration will be in the hand of the elders. Yet, the elders must go on to take the lead of that local church according to the apostles' ministry. 
Bob, this is an important point brought out in verse 19 here that I think we need to get into a little bit. This matter that the elders are appointed by the apostles, and therefore the elders are leading that particular local church in their city, their place, according to the apostles' teaching. So when an an accusation comes against the elder, they're charged to take that accusation to the apostle, the very one that they're leading the church according to the teachings. Yes, uh, actually it was through the apostles, through their preaching of the gospel and through their teaching of the truths in God's revelation in the holy word of God that the churches were raised up and that within the churches the elders were raised up and they were perfected by the apostles' teaching so that they would be able to take the lead in that church in a proper way. So if the elders behave improperly, the ones who bring accusation against them, they don't go to someone who has a elected position above the elders. They go to the very apostles whose teaching raised up the church and perfected the elders and trained the elders how to exercise their eldership. So here we can see this is the right way. If a person has the capacity to be a genuine apostle, to raise up churches by his preaching of the gospel and to his teaching of the divine truths, then he should be the one to whom we take an accusation against an elder in a local church. This shows us clearly that even after the apostles appointed the elders in the churches, the apostles still have a relationship with that church and they have the ground and the standing to come in to deal with problems in the church, especially in the administration of the church, since the apostles are the ones who appointed the elders and who also, according to their teaching, have taught the elders and perfected the elders to take the lead. Bob, there's a lot more here, and if we stay on it too long, we're not going to be able to get to the rest of the program, which has a lot more enlightening points that I want to get to. I'd like to refer the listeners to get the printed life study, which has more information in it, even has references to a couple of Watchmen these books. One is the normal Christian church life, and the other one is church affairs. Both of those books have a lot more information. Uh, we can't cover it all in the life study program here. But let's go on now to the next section with Witness Lee and see how the elders are appointed. You read this portion of the word with other sections. You could see the establishment of the appointment of the elders is not by anyone with autonomous authority. It's not by anyone with a kind of a dictatorship. No, 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 no. According to Acts, according to Timothy, you could see the elders are appointed in a way of life. The saints coming together, meeting together, worshiping God and serving the Lord, all are growing. Then among the saints, some will be manifested with certain maturity according to chapter 3 of this book. These comparatively matured brothers, I have to say this, none of us is fully mature. 
Even in Philippians 3, Paul told us he did not by that time count himself mature. Maturity is a competitive matter. And the uh, qualification of the elders are always competitive. It cannot be absolute, right? Here you have 50 saints meeting together. Uh, after a while, some of the brothers will be manifested more matured than others. All the eyes of the saints are clear. The appointment of the elders was then not by vote, but by selection. Selected by the insight, foresight, and uh, oversight of the saints. Then, based upon this kind of observation, the apostles, you see, because they are the ones who minister the word to the people, who bring people to the Lord's salvation, and who edified them, and who established those people to be a local church. Of course, they have the standing. And they have the position to say a word, okay, dear saints, these two or three should be among you to take the lead. This is the appointment. It is not a kind of hierarchy system. Neither a kind of democratic way by voting. Bob, there's a beautiful picture here in this uh, appointing of the eldership that I hope we're really able to portray to our listeners right now. It's not by democratic vote. It's not a hierarchical appointment. But there is the insight, the foresight, the feeling of the saints that the apostles make their appointment from. That's right, Matt. This is the appointment of the elders is not something uh, that's done just in an outward way based upon some natural gift or talent or education on the part of those who are to be appointed. It is a matter of life. An elder is a one who is older. That means he's one who is compared to the other saints in that locality. He's more mature in the divine, eternal life than the rest of the saints. So this uh, maturity in life is something that is simply manifested among the saints. No one has to hold a kind of a contest to see who wins or who is more qualified. This is just manifested. Like in a family, everyone knows who the father and the mother are. They are the most mature. Everyone knows who the older brothers and sisters are. They are comparatively more mature than the younger ones. No one has to make a kind of a decision based on external qualifications. This kind of maturity is manifested automatically by the maturity of life. And this is the way that the elders are in a local church are identified. Who are the elders? They are the ones who are more mature than the other saints in that locality. And the saints in that locality can recognize who is more mature. And then the apostles who raised up the church in that locality, they are the ones, though, who confirm this selection by coming in to appoint these comparatively more mature ones to be the elders in a local church. And if we 
would read Acts chapter 20, verse 28. Paul, when he was meeting with the elders of the church in Ephesus, he said that the Holy Spirit had made them overseers or elders in the church. So actually, the appointing of elders is done by the apostles, but it's also done by the Holy Spirit. So in the appointing of the elders, the Holy Spirit is involved and the apostles are involved and the two have to be one. So the apostles appoint elders according to the leading of the Holy Spirit, not by any kind of external qualifications like education or any natural talents, but by the manifestation of the maturity of life. The apostles, with the Holy Spirit, confirm this maturity by appointing several brothers in a local church to be the elders. And one other thing is it's also that Witness Lee mentioned, it's by the insight, foresight, and oversight of the saints. The saints in the church itself have a feeling of life. Everyone knows this is the one. It shouldn't be a surprise. It's not a dictatorial, as Witness Lee said, it's not something done by an autonomous dictator who comes in and says, okay, you, 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 and you, you are elders. No, everyone, even all the saints in that locality, should be able to agree and confirm that appointment. So actually, the whole church, with the apostles and the Holy Spirit, make the appointment. And when we say all the saints in the church, we mean all the believers in the church. All the believers. Some people hearing might think, well, the saints are a special category in the That's church. That's right. But no, the, the saints are all the believers in the church. That's right, man. Well, let's go on to the final portion and the conclusion of today's life study. And, and I think we've got a real surprise and a, a treat in this final portion on the context of laying hands on no man quickly. I know this was a, a new light for me as we get into this, Bob. Let's go to the conclusion right now. The accusation of an elder should be taken care by a very careful way. Number one, it should be with two or three witnesses. Number two, let's read this verse. I solemnly charge you, verse 21, before God and Christ Jesus and the children angels. Angels, children are the representation of God's administration. So, this term used here by the Apostle Paul purposely to indicate what he is instructing is to deal the administration, the government, and the authority in the church. Also, Paul says that you guard these things without prejudice doing nothing by way of partiality. This is a simple word, but it implies a lot. Prejudice mainly refers to the credit you would give to the accuser. Two brothers sign an accusation against certain elder to you. Right away, you give them credit. This is prejudice. And then partiality here refers to the perverted favor that you would give to the accused one. You see, to take care of the accusation against elder, number one, you must have two witnesses, at least, that are three. Number two, no prejudice. Number three, 
No partiality. Now, how could you do this? How could you do this? Just no haste. So the fourth point is this, no haste. Don't lay hand on people to be elders quickly, hastily. In the following verses, the main point is this, to deal with an accusation against any elder, you shouldn't do it in a hasty way. You just wait, wait. Let time be a good servant to expose the real situation. If it is really wrong, time will expose it. If it is really right, time will also expose it. You must wait. So, in the church, it is altogether not like in any kind of a worldly organization. It is altogether in the Lord's mercy, grace, and under His authority. Altogether in the Lord's mercy, grace, and under His authority. Bob, I love this beautiful picture of how the New Testament ministry unveils the apostles' handling of difficult situations in the church. It's really marvelous. Here, Witness Lee points out four things. When a person who is an apostle handles an accusation or deals with an accusation against an elder, it must be, number one, with witnesses, two or three. Number two, without prejudice. That means without making a prejudgment as to the truth or falsity and giving favor to the accusers. Right. Number three, without partiality. That means without taking sides with the accused elders. Don't be partial to the elder. Don't be partial to the elder. And number four, which appears to be very crucial and actually helps us with numbers two and three. Number four is don't be hasty. Don't make a judgment based on the accusation in a hasty way. If we will wait and slow down and not rush to make a conclusion, but let time and let the Lord make the situation manifested. Paul said in verses 24 and 25, some men's sins are openly manifested. That means they're obvious. You can see them. But others are not openly manifested. It takes time to manifest their sins. So we need to wait. So we have to wait. On the other hand, some men's good deeds are often covered up by false accusations. So we have to wait and let time manifest the good deeds of the ones who are falsely accused. So if a person is accused according to truth, we need to wait and see whether his sins would be manifested. And if he is accused falsely, we have to wait and see if his good deeds, which would vindicate him, would be manifested. Anyway, the point is, we should not be hasty. And this is very, very crucial. And, and it's not easy to do because in our natural, our fallen human nature, we like to come to quick judgments. We like to take sides. We like to be, we're either prejudiced or we're partial. So here you can see that the one who takes the accusation has to be really in the Spirit. He has to keep himself under the control of the Holy Spirit and give the Lord the time 
to make the real situation manifested. Bob, the enlightening thing to me here is that this verse has been taken so out of context to lay hands on no man quickly. That's such a popular verse, and it, it's taken out of the context and isolated to mean just don't appoint someone to be an elder quickly, But which it does mean that, but yes. it means much more than that. Right. It's point number four in point the Apostles' four. charge on how to deal with an elder who's been accused. So I, I think it's quite enlightening to, to realize that we need to wait. Don't be partial to the one who's accused. Don't be prejudiced for the ones making the accusation. And uh, the Lord will bring a, a resolution eventually. Wonderful. Well, we've run out of time, Bob, so I need to give our phone number so people can call us and take us up on the offer to get the printed message. If you'd like to contact us, our number is 888-LIFE-STUDY. That's one 888 Bob, hope you can join us again soon. I look forward to that, Matt. For Bob Danker, this is Matt Miller. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you'll join us as we continue the life study from 1 Timothy. You've been listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Did you know that you can now enjoy the writings of Witness Lee and Watchman Nee on your PC or Mac, tablet, e-reader, or smartphone? Just go to lsm.org slash ePublications to find out more. Again, that's lsm.org slash ePublications. And thanks for listening today.